Welcome to the Wellsteading Podcast. This is episode 341. Today is October 14th, 2021. I'm your host, John Pagliano. I'm also the founder and money manager at investablewealth.com. Well, in this episode, I want to talk about inflation and why it doesn't bother me. I'll also mention and name some names of some stocks that I own that have offered great protection against inflation, and I think we'll also do that going forward. Before I get to that, I just have to mention that look at where we are. We are halfway through the month of October, and to the dismay of all the chicken little people that have been predicting a huge stock market crash to take place over the past couple months, well, it simply hasn't happened. It didn't happen in October, and I think it's also highly unlikely that a major stock market crash will take place in the next couple weeks, and so we should exit this turbulent period of September and October relatively intact and probably set up for a really good Santa Claus rally as we go in and close out 2021. Now, I talk in terms of probability, and I say things like likely, because I can't predict the future. I have to constantly say that because so many people get caught up in the marketing hype where there are these false prognosticators that are always coming out with absolutely certain predictions. They absolutely know that the market's going to go up or a particular stock or a cryptocurrency or whatever is going to go up. Not only up by a certain date or it's going to go down. Uh, I don't follow the nonsense, but I hear from a lot of the listeners. And apparently there's more than a few prophets of gloom and doom right now that are predicting a crash on or about October 24th. Now, I don't know if a crash is going to happen around that date, but that's just the point. No one could know that. And in particular, that day, if I remember right, is I think the anniversary of the great stock market crash of 1929. So I think that's why a lot of people were drawn around that date and they want to be on record saying that there's going to be another disaster. And then that way, if it happens, they can forever be known as the man that called the October 2021 stock market crash. Listen, it's all malarkey. Don't be gullible. Don't be a patsy. Don't fall for that nonsense. Now, as far as inflation, inflation has kind of been the 2021 boogeyman that keeps boomeranging back. There's a continual media narrative that there's this major inflation problem. And I'm not here to say that inflation isn't rising. But why I've never been concerned about inflation, why I'm not concerned about it now, is that if you own the proper appreciating assets then they more than compensate for the loss in your dollar's purchasing power. So when I hear people complain about the Federal Reserve or complain about money printing or get all worked up about the loss of purchasing power that they have, I tell them, stop complaining and learn how to make more money. And you do that by not only owning appreciating assets, but also by increasing your value as an employee or as an entrepreneur, so that you're constantly making more money. Let me just step back here to tell you a quick story. And it's a slight variation of what you often hear about the loss of purchasing power of your money. Yeah, it takes place. Again, I don't deny that. I remember back more than 50 years ago, to me it seems like just yesterday, my grandfather would take me to this convenience store and he'd give me two quarters. And with that 50 cents, I'd go in I'd get a frozen Coke and a Slim Jim. Now today, if I took my grandkids to a convenience store and bought them 
a Slim Jim and a frozen Coke, it would cost a whole lot more than two quarters. So yes, your dollar does devaluate over time and it loses purchasing power. And that's what a lot of people complain about. But here's the flip side of that. You know that 50 cents that my grandfather gave me back over 50 years ago? Well, in terms of the hours that he had to work to earn that 50 cents, and in terms of his overall net worth, that 50 cents represents a whole lot more to him back in the late 1960s than the money that I would have to pay to buy my grandkids a frozen Coke and a Slim Jim today. That's because I earn a significant more amount of money than my grandfather ever made. And my overall net worth is an amount of money that he could never even imagine. Now, this isn't because my grandfather wasn't a hard worker or a good saver or investor or anything. He just was born in a different period in time, and he had less opportunities. I'm talking now about my maternal grandfather. As a side note, if you go back and listen to episode 315... In that episode, I tell a story and highlight some of the events in my paternal grandfather's life. I've been told that that's one of my best episodes and a a real motivating force for a lot of people. So if you haven't listened to that or if it's been a while, you might want to go back and check out that. That's episode 315. But today I'm talking about my maternal grandfather. Now, he didn't have as hard of a life as my Italian immigrant grandfather had, but he still had a tough life nonetheless. I think he only had about an 8th grade education, and from the time he was about 16, he earned his living as a coal miner. So he had a really hard life. He was a smart and an intelligent man, and frankly, he was one of the best men I've ever met. It was a real privilege being his grandson. And the reason I have the earning capacity that I do today, and the reason that I have the net worth that I have today, is because I've stood on his shoulders. He had to make all the sacrifices so that I could have the intergenerational wealth and opportunity that I have today. It was through his example and the lessons that he taught me that I'm who I am today. Ha, but I digress. In any case, his money went farther in nominal terms, but not if you measure it by hours that he had to work to buy things. And when you factor that in, if you are someone that's constantly improving your skills and abilities and monetizing that, And if you're someone that is diligent about saving and wisely invests your money into appreciating assets, then inflation shouldn't bother you because your real rate of purchasing power is going to be constantly growing and more than adequate to keep up with inflation. Now, as far as wise investing, it really comes down to just owning appreciating assets. I don't get all hung up and confined about there's just one thing to own. In this podcast, I talk almost exclusively about owning stocks because that's how I've made my money. That's what I'm comfortable with. That's what I'm talented at. That's what I like doing. And I also think it's the simplest approach that takes the least effort. Now, there are people that have built fortunes by owning commercial and residential real estate and you know flipping real estate and renting real estate out. There are people that trade futures contracts or Forex, or cryptocurrencies, or do a lot of other things to make money. I generally don't do any of those things. I own real estate primarily for my own use. I think real estate is a great way to make money. It almost always more than keeps up with inflation. It's a way to build long-term wealth, but it also requires a lot of work, especially if you're either flipping it or renting it out. That's things that I'm not interested in. 
It isn't that I wouldn't ever do that, but it would have to be a really, really attractive opportunity for me to do that. Other than that, I'm happy to simply invest in my own personal real estate use. And while you can make money in all these other areas, again, the reason that I just love investing in stocks, particularly in United States equities, is that the markets are so transparent, the transaction fees are little, in most cases there aren't any at all, the trades are almost 100% liquid, meaning that your money isn't tied up for long periods of time. If you change your mind with a couple keyboard strokes, you can sell or buy just about anything you want, and you have the opportunity to buy shares of literally the best and most profitable companies that have ever existed in the history of humanity. So for me, when I talk about appreciating assets, that's pretty much what I'm talking about. But again, it doesn't matter. You know, I've made a lot of money on real estate simply on the appreciation of the home that I own. The key thing is just own the appreciating assets. Think of all the people right now that are complaining about the high price of gasoline. Well, if you have been owning oil stocks, then you've not only received a substantial dividend payment, but think about companies in the energy sector and how they've appreciated just over the last 12 months, let alone through this whole COVID fiasco. I'll run down a list of my holdings in, in no particular order. Chevron up over 48%. Kinder Morgan up almost 46%. Valero up 91%. ExxonMobil up 81%. Enbridge up over 42%. Devon Energy, a real outlier, performing, I think in the last 12 months, something like up in excess of 300%. And to take advantage of the run-up in the oil industry, you didn't have to invest just in individual stocks. You could have bought an ETF like XLE, which over the last year, I think is also up somewhere in the 80% range. And remember, this is at a time when the new administration came in with a big emphasis on alternative and renewable and green energy. And a lot of people have been shunning these fossil fuel companies. But again, you want to buy things when everybody else hates them. And it isn't just energy stocks that are elevated during periods of high inflation. It's material companies like Freeport McMoran up over 100% in the last year. By the very definition, commodities do well during periods of inflation. And it's just not commodity or energy type companies. This past year, I've been really focusing on companies that would not only do well during the reopening, but also because their business model was tied to digitization, that they would do well during periods of inflation because the rising cost of labor and price increase and supply disruptions wouldn't affect these companies because essentially they're just apps or have somehow figured out how to have a business model that's heavily weighted towards monetizing digital transactions. And in that way, they don't have a lot of employees to begin with, so they're less susceptible to wage inflation. These companies have also been able to use their workforce remotely, so that's kept costs down. And then, since they don't really sell a physical product, they're not affected by rising prices or supply chain disruptions. But at the same time, they can raise their prices because the price of everything else is going up. So that's companies like CarGurus, up over 65%. TripAdvisor, up almost 86%. Magnite up a whopping almost 230%. Green Sky up over 126%. Eventbrite up almost 111%. Yelp up over 100%. Trivago up 
almost 74%, and Lyft up 97%. And it's not just companies that are focused on disrupting through digitization. It's also traditional, old-school specialty manufacturers that are focused on a niche product where the demand is inelastic when it comes to inflation or recessions, where there's very little substituting for their products, and also because these companies are in very specialized industries, it's hard to substitute their products. And all the other vendors in that category are suffering from the same high prices and supply chain disruptions. So these companies not only have pricing power, but any sales that they miss in the present quarter will just be picked up sometime in the next year. It's not like, you know, if you're offering a service like a barber that cuts hair. If someone misses a haircut in November and December, they're not going to double up and get two haircuts in January. But if you're a manufacturer of a high-quality, unique, niche product, then if you miss sales this quarter, then you're just postponing sales until sometime in 2022 because your customers need your products and they have to pay the price that you're offering. Specialty manufacturers like that would include companies like Amerisys, up almost 350%, General Electric, Stratasys, and Trinzio, all up nearly 89%, Belden, up almost 86%, Carpenter Crane Helmet, all up more than 70%, Coherent, up over 114%, Hillrom, up over 68%, Western Digital and Raytheon up nearly 50%, NetApp up over 96%, and even very traditional old-school companies like L3 Harris, Method, Cisco, and Westinghouse Airbrake all up well over 35%. I throw these out there because there's just so much negativity about how bad inflation is, but the bottom line is, if you're investing in appreciating assets then you're making profits that are far in excess of anything you're losing from the devaluation of your purchasing power. All these companies that I've mentioned, I've owned throughout 2021. And for now, I still think there's upside. I think it's very likely we're going to go in and end this year on a Santa Claus rally. And so I'm holding these positions and I'm planning to sell them at an even higher amount. Well, as always, thanks for listening. Until next time, this is John Pagliano wishing you the very best returns.